wonderful friends, welcome to Faith FM Drive Time. Welcome to Big Q&A. This is the show where we respond to difficult questions concerning God and faith, contemporary religion and the Bible. This is the show where we look at world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. I'm Pastor Gary. Minister to the Brighton Seventh-day Adventist Church in the beautiful city of Adelaide. Really wonderful to be able to share with you again. This week we're looking at the weekly Sabbath. Well, we're asking, is it still relevant? Today our co-host is Eric Hoare. Eric's the recently retired pastor of the Adelaide Aboriginal Seventh-day Adventist Church. Welcome, Eric. Well, thank you. It's good to be back again. Oh, it Wonderful. is fantastic to have your smiling face in with us. I, I, I love having you in the uh, in the studio. Tell me, it's springtime. Oh. Isn't it wonderful? You know, I think to really appreciate spring, you've got to have a cold winter. And when that sun comes out and it warms up morning and night, oh, look, look, I've been in my shorts. I've been loving it. But <laughs> the only the only downfall is in my run this morning, I got swooped again by that. I know where that magpie lives now, and he's in one particular tree, and he's got my name written on it because he came at me. Eric, do you think it might be worth changing your route for a little while? <laughs> I think he's trying to get me out of there. I run on the other side of the road now, and he still watches me. And <laughs> oh, he's tell you i'd like to get some pictures of this i really would uh, you know eric this last uh, this last weekend i really appreciate on uh, on sabbath i i had opportunity of course to to, to preach in my in my church in the brighton church here yeah. and then uh, uh, a number of us went to a, a park afterwards and uh, we spent time in the in the park and i tell you that was really wonderful we probably had a group of 30 or 40 wow. of us in a a beautiful a really be- these adelaide parks are really something to die for. Yeah, we were up in the beautiful Barossa Valley and uh, we had uh, church at the Barossa Church and then, uh, yeah, we took the Aboriginal company, we took them into a beautiful park and it was lovely. It was so warm and, in fact, they all... In fact, um, some of the Aboriginal people don't like the heat so much these days. They were sitting in the shade, you know. (laughs) And and we had a wonderful time. They really enjoyed it. And then afterwards, we went for a drive through the Barossa. It was a a picture and everything's still green. And, you know, what is that uh, yellow? uh, Is it granola? Uh, what's that called? That yellow uh, colour up there. That's absolutely. And that went. I mean, you saw paddocks of it up there. It's, uh, the colour is. Yeah, the Barossa is really yeah. beautiful this yeah. uh, this time of the year. I know that you're a very greatly appreciated preacher uh, there, Eric. And I know I love you coming over to my church, and I must get you over it at some point. But look, this week we're talking about the weekly Sabbath, and what we're doing is asking: Is it still relevant? in the day and age that we live in. But before we go there, I'd just like to dig a little bit, if I can, into your past. Now, before you were, um, before your retirement, you were pastor of the Adelaide Aboriginal Seventh-day Adventist Church. Now, I'd like to talk to you about an institution called Mamarafa. Now, the, uh, the reason I'm doing this is because many of our listeners may not be aware that our Drive Time program airs nationally on many little Faith FM low-power uh, stations, but also on the big Central Australia network. Now, that means there's many people through Central Australia who can't get a lot of uh, radio stations who are actually able to hear us on Faith. 
Faith FM. Now, and just recently, I picked up a uh, uh, an article talking about Mamarafa College. And now, I'm, I'm really f- uh, aware that you're familiar with this particular college. And uh, this is uh, this is what the article said. And nestled in the bush uh, in the bushland on the outskirts of Perth is an oasis of peace, a wellspring of knowledge that is refreshing throughout Australia. Mamarafa College has a life-changing impact on the work of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders. Uh, Mamarafa College is key to much of success and growth in the ministry to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander ministry. Now, uh, you know, I, I've been to Mamarafa College, had the privilege of being able to uh, to teach a unit at that uh, at that particular college, and you know, I was so impressed with the students. The quality of the students in that place was absolutely uh, second second to none. Uh, the uh, current principal. Uh, Pastor David Garnett uh, talks about the trans- transformation. He says countless students have come with broken lives and leave healed and equipped to be able to serve. You know, that's a powerful thing. You know, Eric, have you seen that sort of transition occur in people's lives? Yes. Um, you know, this is a real oasis, as it says here, for Aboriginal people. It's a wonderful place where they can come, get away from everything and come into a college where they they can actually connect with their own uh, race, if you like, with their own people. And uh, I, in our little Bible group, we have uh, people from Mamarafa College. In fact, Linny, um, little Linny's going back again uh, uh, next year. And uh, they have they go three, four times a year. They have blocks that they go to. Yeah, yeah. And they do one on health or you can do on ministry, theology. And, um, and it just changes their lives. They learn so much about the Bible, but also on health as well mm. and it's a time of getting together and a real fellowship there that they can get away like going on a camp really yeah. uh, that atmosphere and talking and chatting amongst one another so it not only gives them that spiritual input they need but also it lifts them up spiritually amongst themselves it's a yeah, wonderful yeah. place I want to take my my hat off you know to mm. the students who have come through a Mamarafa College there may be some who are actually listening to us right now mm. but you know the the quality of both the education and the quality of the students is absolutely uh, second to to, to none. Hmm. Uh, you know, I, I've seen uh, graduates of Mamarafa College able to go back into their community, and they're able to teach uh, in a much more uh, in a much wider sphere than certainly they were able to previous to going to to Mamarafa College over there in Perth. Um, the the article goes on to say. After a record graduation class in 2019, um, with 59 graduates, uh, 2020 started with a promise uh, with uh, Certificate 3 and Advanced Diploma students uh, beginning classes in February. Uh, A very large first-year cohort was enrolled at the start of March. It was exciting to see some third-generation students attending. But by mid-March, classes had to be cancelled because of COVID restrictions. You know, the the impact that this has had on so many uh, diverse diverse people groups is absolutely huge. Mamarafa's impact reaches right across Australia, educating more than, uh, so far, 1,400 uh, enrolled students. Now, uh, to me, that that is starting to make an impact. You know, I'm so conscious that in the... um, 
in the outback areas of Australia, when you have uh, people who have been educated, uh, people who are able to share uh, their faith uh, and their educational experience, it actually changes the lives of others. Yes, that's right. And, you know, past Eric Davey was uh, instrumental in setting up this particular college and keeping it going, yeah. you know. And if anybody is listening or know of um, any Aboriginal or Torrent Island people who would like to go to this place, I actually have enrolment forms. And uh, Pastor David Fletcher travels right through the outback signing people up to come to this college mm. quite simple to do. even Oz study the government actually pays yeah. towards them going yeah. there so yeah. everything is at the fair everything is provided for them to get away and go to this college a wonderful opportunity yeah no to me it's a wonderful initiative I know I, I a big shout out to to my my good friend uh, Pastor Don Felberg yes. who actually is also yeah. very closely connected yeah. to uh, sure. uh, to to this ministry and mm. uh, does an absolutely marvelous well, Don's uh, marvelous. never home you know he's he never he loves camping. He's always in the bush. <laughs> yeah, what a way to uh, to be able to minister. Really appreciate uh, what uh, what Pastor Don. Uh, actually does in this ministry. That's Mamarafa College. Uh, folks, let's come to some uh, to some music. Uh, this is uh, Michael W. Smith, and the song is Ancient Words. What? This, these are powerful words that really can impact and change lives. Michael W. Smith, Ancient Words.
Michael W. Smith, Ancient Words. They're powerful. Those words are very, very powerful. Uh, this week, friends, we do have a, a gift, uh, a free gift available for you. Uh, love to be able to share with you. We've got a, a small booklet. It's entitled, When God Said Remember. Uh, now, this uh, this book is written uh, by an international evangelist. His name is Pastor Mark, Mark Finlay. When God Said Remember. A fantastic little book. Of course, this week we're dealing with, uh, with this question, the weekly Sabbath. Is it still relevant in the day and age in which we are living? Uh, now, of course, if you want to dig into this a little bit more, if you want a little bit of an, a better understanding of this whole subject, this is an excellent book. It's not a big book. It's a short book. It's entitled again uh, the uh, When God Said Remember. If you'd like your own copy, we're happy to get it to you. Uh, just send your name, your address and your phone number. Just text that to 0438 That's 0438 Zero double six six three five, and we'll send you the little book when God said remember, and that will deal with everything that we're sharing uh, this uh, this week. Uh, you're listening to Faith FM Drive Time Big Q&A with Pastor Gary Our co-host today is Eric Hoare Eric's the recently retired pastor of the Adelaide Aboriginal uh, Seventh-day, Adventist, Seventh-day Adventist Church And of course that subject again, the weekly Sabbath How relevant is it? Um, you know this Sabbath, uh, the Sabbath deal is really starting to attract uh, attract interest. Just a little while ago, I was reading the uh, uh, Religion News uh, Service. Uh, this is uh, a number of months ago, but uh, this is what the article said. Tiffany Slane built her career by being online almost all the time. She founded the Webby Awards, which honour the best of the web each year. She also runs a film studio and creates online conversations to use the in- to use the internet in its best way, which is to bring people together on issues that unite us. She said, and yet every Friday. And yet every Friday evening for nearly a decade, Slane and her family have unplugged their devices and spent the next 24 hours offline in what she calls a technology Shabbat. Now, uh, this uh, this lady is not a Seventh-day Adventist. Uh, I don't even know if she does this for any particular religious uh, reason. It continues, as our society became more un oversaturated with technology I feel like it's the thing we need to do right now uh, she said uh, Tech Shabbat is a modern twist on the ancient religious practice which is attracting the attention of burned out millennials and others who are exhausted by trying to keep up with an increasingly connected and fast paced world Eric tell me you're an old man now are you, uh, um, are you, are you do you become exhausted with trying to keep up with the pace of the world Oh, yeah, like, you know, it's interesting. um, I was saying to Erin the other day, my wife, that, uh, you know, the time is going so fast. And I thought getting older and uh, and, and being semi, almost fully retired now, things would slow down. But, and I thought, what am I going to do when I give up my work? But uh, that hasn't happened. It's still, it's still flat out. It's interesting too, Pastor Gary, that uh, people that with technology today uh, in Japan and some places, they actually have detox places. 
where people that are on uh, devices and, uh, you know, on games and gaming machines and things, they are caught so much in it that they become uh, um, isolated from their... The families find it hard to cope with them. They actually have a detox centres where you've got to go and give all this stuff away, as this lady has done, and rest from all that to try and get back to normal. That's the... that's the And I've heard that a number of times, actually. In fact, I've heard a number of people have actually moved into a detox-type situation as far as technology is concerned. Well, I'm, yet- I'm kind of in that, Gary, because, you know, if I leave my phone at home, my mobile phone, I'm lost for the day, you know. <laughs> I'm so used to having it with me. Yeah. And you can become like that, dependent on the things around you, you know, like noise or, or you know, th- things that you, um, yeah, you, you, you can't rest. Yeah, yeah. And, and Tiffany Sloan is actually finding that to have the switch off Shabbat yeah. is actually beneficial. Mm. It's, uh, the article goes on. The article's actually entitled um, The Science of Sabbath, How People Are Rediscovering Rest and Claiming Its Benefits. Mm. And uh, this is what the article ca- carried on to say. There is some science to support the idea that practicing a day of rest, including time away from social media and digital devices, benefits longevity and both mental and physical health. It's a practice. It's a practice that can benefit people of faith and those who don't believe alike. Uh, this can be adapted for anyone, wherever you fall on the belief spectrum. The article says, and it will bring meaning and value to your life in an unbelievable way. Slain has said. You know, this is remarkable. What we've actually got here is a woman who is actually not connected to certainly my church, mm-hmm. is certainly not connected to my knowledge to any church at all, but saying, hey, you need to have, it's okay to have a day off mm-hmm. every single week. Mm-hmm. Shabbat, also known as Sabbath, is the day of the week reserved for rest and worship in Christianity and in Judaism, um, according to the Religious News Service article. Jews observe Shabbat on Saturdays beginning Friday nights with lit candles and shared meals shared meals Mm -hmm. hey now that's a novel thought isn't it Eric Uh, tell me something Uh, do you find that Sabbath uh, Shabbat actually gives you opportunity to have shared meals? Yeah, well, you know, we always had it that when Sabbath came around here and I would get out the bottle of grape juice and a bit of cheese and, you know, uh, <laughs> started off that way. But it does. It It is a time, you know, to just to step back from the world and to spend it with like-minded people and, and to relax. I mean, you can't relax in this world, can you? I mean, you've got things thrown at you. You go into a store, it's the advertising that's always on there. Uh, you go into a car sales room, people are uh, on your back. You know, uh, there's no rest really uh, unless you actually, um, you know, define that true rest in the world. This lady here to, was to, to be able to withdraw from that, even yeah. for a short period of time, yeah. is so beneficial, it is isn't beneficial. it? Beneficial, yeah, you know, yeah. so beneficial. Yeah. The article continues. Seventh Day Adventists, so Adventists do actually get a mention in this one here. Seventh Day Adventists also take Sabbath seriously, worshiping, avoiding work, and spending time with other church members on Saturdays. Most Christians worship on Sunday, and their observance of a day of rest varies from church to church and even from Christian to Christian. In the past, the regular practice of Sabbath has included so-called blue laws that once kept many stores closed on Sundays. Now, some are urging their fellow Christians to rediscover the practice of honouring the Sabbath. Uh, Dana Trent is one of them. She's an ordained Baptist minister and began observing a Sabbath 
after a visit to the doctor's office. The doctor told Trent that she needed to slow down. At the time, she was working four different uh, adjacent jobs and commuting up to two hours a day. Tell me... Eric, is this something that you're finding in you know, your, um, your congregation, that people are increasingly um, carrying a, a load of work that is almost uh, unable to be measured? Well, I find that with our little group that we fellowship with, they tell us that when they come along to church, when they have that special time on Sabbath with us all, <clears throat> they tell us that you know, this has been a special day for them. It's different to the norm from the rest of the week. And then they've got to go back and face the challenges of the week. But this this is something special. They say it again and again. And, and some of them say, I can't wait till next week or I can't wait till the next <laughs> Bible study. That's what you like to hear. But yeah. shouldn't that big excitement be with us? Or no matter how long we live in this life, having that special time together and resting on the Sabbath and just spending that time, you know, we should be excited about that and, and it does make a huge sometimes we could even take it for granted that we have that real blessing yeah, and to me that's the thing that I suppose I, uh, I'm i so conscious of is that you know it can almost for, for those of us who have been you know observing a Sabbath it can almost become um, a, a something that is a little bit routine and yet you know the thing that I, I really love yeah. is when I, I had the privilege of sitting down and sharing the blessing yeah. of the Sabbath with someone who hasn't been observing the Sabbath and I say, hey, look, what I want you to do is I want you to have, you know, for me, the day is a day of relationship. I want you to take a day where you have relationship with God. I want you to have a day when you have relationship with your family where, yeah, hey, you know, maybe, you know, to do what uh, uh, what our friend in this religious news service article is, is suggesting, you know, to turn off the electronic devices and to actually talk to each other, uh, you know, to be able to go out on a picnic together and to be able to walk the dog. You know, it, it's a, you know, it's a wonderful picture and this picture of Shabbat, of, uh, of Sabbath, you know. To me, the fact that we're going to come to the picture that uh, Scripture paints of the Sabbath in, in just a moment. But, you know, to me, I just look at this from a very practical reality. We're living in a world which really needs uh, what what this is offering. Uh, I uh, The article carried on, again, uh, quoting Adana Trent. This is the, the Baptist minister. Observing the Sabbath means trusting that if she takes time off, the world won't spin out of control, said Trent, author of the book, For Sabbath's Sake, Embracing Your Need for Rest, uh, Worship and Community. It's an act of humility that puts God at the centre of her life, not herself. Yeah. That's a powerful statement, isn't it, Harry? Oh, wonderful, yeah. yeah. And she's got it right. She's, she's found that blessing of, of putting him first in a life, and then everything else follows from that, as we all should do, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, tell me, though, Eric, now look, um, I, I'm so <coughs> conscious, however, that so many see the Sabbath as a, as a bit of a, a burden. Certainly people who don't keep the Sabbath say, hey, look, I'm not going to keep the Sabbath because I don't want to be, you know, have, follow that, that legalistic rule. I mean, certainly for me, it's no, I mean, if a command to rest is legalistic, I, I'm happy to, <laughs> I'm certainly happy to, uh, uh, to, to do that. But Eric, did the Old Testament create a, a Sabbath burden? What does the scripture actually say? 
Well, first of all, um, Gary, we need to look at, you covered it a bit last night, but the Sabbath was actually given, the day of rest, wasn't it, back in Genesis chapter 2, uh, when it talked in there uh, from, one, from uh, 1 onwards that... Um, God rested on the seventh day and uh, he blessed it. Then God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it because in it he rested from his work which God had created and made. Of course, you know, God didn't need to rest. He was giving us an example. I I guess, you know, it's interesting um, when he created Adam and Eve because he he probably would have, you know, um, spent that extra special time on that day with them. So this is is the identifying mark, if you like, of the Sabbath. Is Is it a Rest day. You know, I, I, I love this particular story in Genesis because mm. to me, what's actually occurring is, you know, God has just created uh, the world according to the story here in Genesis. Yep. And on the seventh, uh, on the sixth day, he's created Adam and Eve. Mm. And then on the, the seventh day comes around and what uh, Genesis chapter two uh, says, and God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it. Of course, sanctified means to set aside mm. because he rested from all the work which he had uh, created and made. What you find is that on the first day that Adam and Eve were alive, Hmm. um, the command by God, this is the seventh day of the week, Hmm. on the first day that Adam and Eve are actually alive, though, what does he command them to do? Yeah. I want you to have a rest, you know. I love this, you know, because here we've got a God that wants to spend time. To me, what this is saying is that we've actually got a God who wants to spend time in fellowship with his created beings. The first thing. I I love that. I mean, how much is fellowship to you, Eric, uh, a part of the Sabbath? Well, it's very important because you see in, in this story too, you know, Adam and Eve weren't working, you know, did they did they need that rest? This is a, you know, the, the Sabbath was given for man, you know, and this is the thing we need to understand, that there is a real blessing in the Sabbath and the fact that it's, it's a fellowship and communion with God. Did they need the rest, you know? We certainly do these days, and they did too. They needed to have that extra communion with the Father, with with uh, spending that day. Mm. You know, Gary, I my um, days of keeping Sabbath in the past, um, you know, to me, when I used to go to church, um, you know, on a different day, um, that was just a day of normality with one hour spent to go to church and then it was back to you know out in the garden and then the cares of the world were the same again but here he doesn't say take one hour he says the day the whole day is the rest so that's important because that length of time you know you need that break and it's not just a break that we get from our labors but it's away from the cares it's the it's the mind that that gets a refreshing yeah, I so often say to people, I say, hey, look, you know, the Sabbath has actually been created for relationship. Yep. You know, the intention, you know, we're living in a world now where relationships are breaking down to such an amazing extent that people don't really know even their next door neighbor. Mm. Uh, and what God is saying here is, I'm giving you a day when I want you to build relationships with me and with each other. And I give you a whole day to do it. And I expect you to do it because you need need relationship and uh, to me this story is such a powerful one the other thing that really stands out to me in, in this particular story is that uh, um, what uh, what uh, God is doing is giving the Sabbath 
to mankind. Mm. You know, sometimes people have said to me, hey, uh, Pastor, the uh, the Sabbath is actually a Jewish day. Mm. The trouble is the first Jew didn't mm. actually come along for about another 3,000 years. Mm. Um, here we've got at creation, the seventh day is being blessed and sanctified and given to humanity. This beautiful gift, you know, <clears throat> What is it in uh, uh, in the book of uh, Genesis? And I, I think Joseph picked this up yesterday, but I, I think it's such a powerful and important point that it really bears us, you know, repeating. Uh, you know, in the Garden of Eden, what we've actually got is God giving gifts to Adam and Eve. You know, when I think of um, Adam and Eve, this is the richest pair that have ever existed. Mm. Uh, what we've got in the Garden of Eden is Adam and Eve own all the gold, they own all the silver, they own uh, all the real estate, they own all the livestock. Uh, you know, they own everything there is in the Garden. They own the entire world. They are the custodians of that world. And what do you give somebody who has got everything. You know, sometimes, you know, my uh, my children say to me, you know, we don't know what to get you for Father's Day because, uh, you know, you're a very hard person to buy for. Well, I don't think I am. I think I'm quite easy. But, you know, hey, that's, a, that's a matter of opinion. But here, you know, Adam and Eve, they own the whole world. What do you give? What does God give to them? Well, first thing he does is he gives them a relationship. He gives them each other. Yeah, that's right. And then he gives them rest. Mm. And he says, I want you to have a day off every week. Uh, you know, to me, those two gifts are the two gifts that are so easily corrupted in the world in which we're living mm-hmm. today. And it's just interesting too, Gary, that uh, moving on from that, that uh, when does the, the word Sabbath actually appear in the Bible? You know, like we've seen the, the day given here. So what happened from then to the Ten Commandments? Because, uh, you know, the Ten Commandments uh, listed there includes a Sabbath. So did they did they keep it or how did they understand? Take us through or, that, Eric, yeah. because I think mm. that's a really important point that you actually raise there that, yep. you know, post-creation, what did actually happen? Well, you know, if you look further on and come to Exodus chapter 16. This is the first place where the Sabbath is actually mentioned in the Old Testament in Exodus chapter 16. And of course this is the account here of uh, the Jewish people Israel uh, in the wilderness and they're grumbling and moaning because they've been there a long time. We we do. You know when we get hungry, especially the men, we we start to grumble. And uh, they're wondering where their food was going to come from. You know why would God send us out here if we've got nothing to eat? And, uh, of course, this is the time when he actually sent quail. Uh, Quail actually fell from heaven. But also manna. And it actually is an account here in Exodus chapter 16. It says, The Lord said to Moses, Behold, I will rain bread from heaven for you, and the people shall go out and gather a certain quota every day, that I may test them whether they will walk in my law or not. So obviously there is a law here in place. And yet... The Ten Commandments haven't been given no. at this particular point no, in time. No, so obviously they have an understanding of, of laws at this time. Um, and uh, it goes on, it says that uh, they will rain it down every day and that they will bring it in. And uh, and it shall be on the, and it says here in verse 4 onwards, And the Lord said to Moses, Behold, I'll rain bread from heaven for you, and the people shall go out and gather a certain quota every day, that I may test them whether they walk in my law or not. And it shall be on the sixth day that they shall prepare what they bring in, and it shall be twice as much as they gather daily. 
Now that's interesting to me because here they've got to gather twice as much on the sixth day. That's Friday. That's the Friday. Yes. Yeah. If yeah, we yeah, look yeah. at the calendar, um, you know, Sunday's the first day of the week, yeah. going going right through to Sabbath here, you see. And uh, then it uh, says here uh, in verse uh uh, 23, if we look uh, further on, uh, it talks here about, and so it was that on the sixth day they gathered twice as much bread, uh, two omers for each one, and all the rulers of the congregation came and told Mo- Moses. And then he said to them, This is what the Lord has said Tomorrow is a Sabbath rest, a holy Sabbath to the Lord. Bake what you will bake today, and boil what you will boil, and lay up for yourselves all that remains to be kept until morning. So they laid it up till morning as Moses commanded. And it did not stink, or nor were there any worms in it. Then Moses said, "Eat that today, for today is the Sabbath of the Lord. Today you will not find anything in the field. Six days you shall gather it, but on the seventh day, the Sabbath, there will be none." Mm. And so, what you've actually got here is, if you like, an uh, a practical observance of the Sabbath occurring. But the really significant thing is that the Decalogue, the Ten Commandments, haven't yet been given. What you've got is an example of the, uh, it's the Hebrew nation. They're the ones who are observing uh, this day, but it's happening before. That's right. Yeah, well, it's interesting, you know, when he says, uh, he's not saying here, I'm giving you some new news. There is a Sabbath. They already know that there is a Sabbath because it actually says here that in verse 27, now it happened that some of the people went out on the seventh day together, but they found none. And the Lord said to Moses, how long do you refuse to keep my commandments and my law? So obviously they've been breaking um, the so they knew that they had been breaking commandments before, yeah, before they were actually incident. written down yep. on the tables of stone, and before this incident of the of the manna falling. Obviously, they've been there's a pattern here yeah. that they've been breaking right through from that time. So we see here, interesting, isn't it, that we think that the the commandments were given in uh, later on in Exodus 20, but here we find no, there is a pattern of breaking the commandments is here, and some people observed them, some didn't. Before before Exodus 20 Look, yes. Let's take us I'm conscious our time is starting yeah. to run away from us sure. Let's come to Exodus 20 Because this is a really mm. key passage In this whole, this whole discussion Because what God is saying here Is I, I, want you to, I want you to have some rest But look at the extent of the rest That he's expecting of, uh, of his people Do, mm. do you want to just take us through this, uh, uh, this com- It's the fourth commandment of course Yes and it reads here In, in um, Exodus 20 uh, verse 8 It says remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord your God. In it you shall do no work, you, nor your son, nor your daughter, nor your male servant, nor your female servant, nor your cattle, nor your stranger who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them. And rested the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. Mm. Mm. So, what it's saying here is to remember, as though you know, there's going to be a problem with this commandment. That's, that's yeah. the. In other words, it's here. remember is what it actually says, and it's interesting yeah. that the word it starts with remember is probably the one that is most easy. But, it, but to it's gotten. interesting the Pharisees picked this up as to mean as a legalistic way, because if you look through to Matthew uh, twelve one to eight, 
Um, this is how they saw it. It says at that time Jesus went through the grain fields on the Sabbath. His disciples were hungry and, and began to pick some heads of grain and eat them. And when the Pharisees saw this, they said to him, Look, your disciples are doing what is unlawful on the Sabbath. He answered, Haven't you read what David did when he and his companions were hungry? He entered the house of God, and he and his com- companions ate the consecrated bread, which was not lawful for them to do, but only for the priests. Or haven't you read in the law that the priests on the Sabbath duty in the temple desecrate the Sabbath and yet are innocent? Now what he's saying here is that you are accusing um, uh, you know that eating uh, grain on the Sabbath, if you pick uh, some heads of grain, in fact in sabbatical law, in, in the Jewish law back then, the man-made rules, they thought that if you, you weren't allowed to walk through a grain field, uh, Jesus was to them was breaking the Sabbath before he picked the grain because by walking through the, the field he was actually like threshing the wheat with, even if it was ankle high he was actually doing some sort of work because he was threshing the feet he was breaking the law before he even took it off the stool. In other words what you're actually saying here let's just go back I'm conscious of Exodus uh, Exodus 20 you know yeah. because to me there is so much in this particular mm. uh, in so much in this particular passage mm. uh, because here firstly and we'll certainly come to the New Testament Testament sure. in just a, in just a moment, but mm. I'm conscious that uh, at this fourth commandment, mm. six days you shall labour and do all your work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord your God. In it you shall do no work, you or your son or your daughter or your male servant, your female servant, your cattle, your stranger who is within your gates. So, to me, the thing that stands out to me here is the sheer extent. Of this command. In other words, hey, I don't just want you to rest and have your servants and your slaves uh, do the work for you. But what I actually want is I want your servants and your slaves mm. to actually have a rest as well. In fact, I'll go as far as to say, hey, I want your donkey to actually have a rest as well. Mm. Now, does that strike you as a God who cares? For sure. And, you know, with with all this, what it's saying to me too is that this, this day is uh, when you sanctify something, it's set aside, it's something that's special. And what God is saying is it's not just a selfish thing uh, that the Sabbath is given to man for our own needs. It is saying here that it should be shared amongst um, all your household, the community, and whatever is good on the Sabbath to yeah, do. Because yeah. what does it mean not to work? Now, that's where you get into a bit of trouble. You know, we... we and we that's where opinions. and that's where our, our um, you know, certainly the Pharisees in Christ's day hmm. actually made a huge mistake because what hmm. they actually did was they actually interpreted this commandment in such a, a legalistic manner that the Sabbath had actually become a burden uh, to the entire community. Hmm. And, and certainly he was criticised. We're actually going to dig into this one. One tomorrow, particularly because I'm really conscious that when we start to look at the Sabbath in the days of Christ and the Sabbath in the New Testament and what Christ did, Christ certainly kept the Sabbath, hmm. but it seemed to be in a different way 
to what the um, the Pharisaical leaders, the religious leaders of the day, uh, were emphasising. Yeah, it's interesting. Mark two twenty seven, the New International Version said. Then he said to them, "The Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath." The Derby Bible translation, I think, is very good. And he and he said to them, "The Sabbath was made on account of man, not man on account of the Sabbath." And the International Standard Version said. Then he told them, "The Sabbath was made for people, not people for the Sabbath." In other words, the Sabbath is there to serve human need. Hmm. Humans weren't made to actually serve. serve the, yep. To me, that's a beautiful picture yep. again because what we have here is the Scriptures and, and Christ is trying to point out to his disciples and to those that are listening that uh, we serve a God who cares, hmm. who wants you to be able to, to work and yet to have work in a proper perspective. That's right. And and where the Pharisees got it wrong, and you and I can get it wrong, Gary, is you're right. It meets the needs of the people. The Sabbath was given for the needs. So when Jesus did things and he healed on the Sabbath and was criticized for it, he was meeting in the needs of the people, the mm. spirit of the law. Mm. And that's what was missing here, where they only saw it as a, as a, a test for them. That they could keep it with a stony heart. And if there was somebody was suffering around them, I mean, today we have nurses that, that do things on, on Sabbath. There's much needs here and and Jesus was criticised. In fact Jesus was very passionate on the subject. He called them hypocrites. Yeah, I mean here yeah. they were in the temple we were reading before and he said you go about your duties on the Sabbath. You're actually breaking the law because they had to take lambs and they were uh, actually doing uh. things but here you're criticising you know, for somebody taking food and he was saying you know, you're hypocrites you know, you're, you're looking at other people. With the Sabbath is a is a delight. Um, David talked about it as a delight. Yeah, I, I I certainly love explaining it to people as, hey, uh, the scriptures actually present the Sabbath as a day of relationship. Yeah. Uh, whereas uh, the the, uh, the 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 religious leaders in Christ's day had reinterpreted it uh, so that it, it had become an an immense uh, burden as to how. It was actually uh, to be served. Now, uh, to me, I think there are some script, there are some uh, pointers in scriptures in the scriptures that show us, you know, hey, what it actually means. Uh, this commandment actually means. Mm-hmm. But I, uh, I'm really conscious also that Christ certainly rectified an error that had s- slipped into the church in his day, mm. but at no point does he actually negate the importance of the Sabbath. Mm. But Eric, yep. let's come to some music. I'm yep. conscious our time is starting to run away from us. Gavin Chatelier as Water to the Thirsty.
Today our free, uh, our free offer is the uh, little book, this is just a little hundred page uh, book, uh, When God Said Remember by Mark Finley. If you want more information, if you want more understanding about this beautiful picture that is painted in the scriptures of the relevance of the Sabbath today, then please feel free to request this uh, this book, we're happy to, to get it to you. Uh, just send your, your name, your address, your phone number uh, to 0438. Zero double six six three five. That's oh four three eight zero double six six three five. You're listening to Faith FM Drive Time Big Q and A with Pastor Gary. Our co-host today is Eric Hoare, and Eric's the recently retired pastor of the Adelaide Aboriginal Seventh Day Adventist Church. And this week we're looking at the subject: the weekly Sabbath. Is it still relevant in the early third millennium? Eric, tell us something. How long, have, how long have you been keeping the Sabbath yourself? Well, uh, it's been around about 30, 34 years uh, I've been keeping the Sabbath. Um, you know, before on the, on the Saturday, the seventh day of the week, I, was, uh, I did a trade as a, as a printer, uh, and that was triple time. 
so when I, I found the Bible truth, it took me uh, a while actually to make the um, to follow the Lord and to follow His commandments. It took me a while actually, um, okay. and so I struggled with the fact of balancing how how we could make how I could make enough money to actually bring my family up because that was the biggest day. Um, and so it was difficult. It was difficult stepping out. And I, I remember going to my boss and saying, "Look, could somebody cover for me on the Saturday?" And I went. They, he went round and asked people, and they said, "No, that's my racing day, or that's my football day." To them, that was more. That was a very important thing for them. Yeah. And yeah. so, in the end, I had to leave. And so, I, 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 yeah, I started keeping the Sabbath back then. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Did, did you find that God blessed you as a result? Look, I never looked back, Gary. Honestly, I, I can still remember how we we started off, and and they are, are times when you feel closest to the Lord when you see th- amazing things happening, and the fact that um, we were able to survive and, and and it brought us together as a family because now we're spending more time together because I was out doing other things, you know, and yeah. but it brought us together, and that's one of the things when you rest, you rest together. I think that's the important part, yeah. uh, but. To also to understand your children where your children are at and, and to make it a day of a delight for them. Yeah. You know, go out into the bush now and then after church and make it a really pleasant day for so they rest as well as you were talking about in the commandment yeah. in your household and other. So that was that was really important. It, it, it certainly brought us closer together and look, now I, I just couldn't do could not could not do without the Sabbath. Mm. It's just part of the life. It's never a burden. It's a, it's a, I, I don't like the word burden. It, it, when you do something like if you've got a, a job as a looking after the Aboriginal people. It's not yeah. a it's not a job. Yeah. It's it's yeah. a delight, as as has been said. Yeah. You know, I, I know that I've spoken to to quite a number of people who have <laughs> discovered is the word they use discovered the uh, the Sabbath, and uh, there is a level of excitement hmm. in their voice. In fact, I I will remember talking to uh, again. This was a uh, this wasn't a Seventh Day Adventist uh, a group, but they discovered this thing called. Called the uh, called the Sabbath, and there must have been about eight of them there when I was was talking to them, and their level of excitement. They were just, how? Why do you guys keep this to yourselves? I mean, this is absolutely fantastic. You know, to be able to spend a day, and uh, they were the ones who, you know, really, I suppose, encourage encourage me in uh, in this whole whole area. And what they they said to me was, Gary, you guys have to share this mm-hmm. a far more because. Because this is a this is a hidden secret. This is something that our community actually needs. And they talked about the changes they'd actually made in their life, and they were intentional changes. Uh, and they they were saying, "Look, we were running a a, a treadmill style existence, hmm. uh, and then along came the Sabbath, and suddenly we had a day and a day a week when we could get off the treadmill." Hmm. You know? And and Gary, uh, you know too that life is too short. You know. With, with all the stuff that we um, we see in the world, uh, to have that time to reflect and to and to spend together is that precious times, our precious yeah, moments, yeah, never to be lost yeah. or forgotten. And that's what the Sabbath gives us. It, it it turns us around. It turns us away from the world. It take it takes the whole day. Every day, we of course we should be with the Lord. But the Sabbath day, He said He sanctified it. It's a day for the whole family to to be together. Mm-hmm. Plus plus the people you know. It, it's amazing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, tell me, Eric. How do you celebrate the Sabbath? Well, mostly, Pastor Gary, what we do, of course, it's, it's a church day. So uh, now and then we might go bush 
because I think that's sometimes needed just to get the family and just just. I actually you know. encourage my church mm. members to and to do exactly that as a family. Mm. It's so yeah. important to occasionally actually do that. Yeah, I think so because, you know, uh, what happens I think is that um, my traditional time is is to to spend it. Uh, once again, I'm very lucky because with my children they all all go to church on Sabbath, so I I, I see them and. And, you know, I'm sad when today in a world that is splitting apart, the families is, is what's being torn apart. Oh. And that some of them don't talk to each other or they have arguments. But when you've got communication, when you've got this special bond, this this unity, um, that's what bonds the family together, you know. I always said, put God first, family second, yourself third. Yeah. That's yeah. the way. And yeah. at the top, Sabbath, of course, is right at the top there with God. Yeah. And so that's a bonding that holds us all together. Yeah, mm. yeah. No, I really appreciate that, which you're, uh, uh, you're actually sharing there, there, Eric. I, I'm just wondering, just as we, as we finish, how would you like to, to pray uh, for our folk who may be feeling super stressed out at mm. this time? Sure. Um, how would you like to pray, especially for our listeners? Sure. <coughs> Our dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we just uh, want to thank you today for your love. We thank you for an, a wonderful God, a God who brings peace and happiness into our lives. And Lord, we live in a world that is increasingly seeing all sorts of problems. There's so much stress, there's so much uh, depression out there. There's so many things that can weigh us all down. And yet, Lord, you have given us a special time to be together. You give us peace in our hearts for you. You make us born again. And, and when we're born again, Lord, we see things in you. And one of them, Lord, is that you've given us the blessing of the Sabbath that will take away the burdens that we feel, that we can refresh ourselves, that we can spend our time with you. And Lord... To give you your time is so important. So, Lord, we pray that each one of us will learn the Sabbath blessing, that we will learn, Lord, that there is so much more in this life than what the world offers. So I pray for anybody tonight, Lord, that is stressed out, that it's through either through work or relationships or whatever it is. I just pray to your Heavenly Father that you might bless them tonight, that you might give them peace, for only your peace can be so pure for us. And so, Lord, we ask that you just lay your hands upon them tonight and just bless them, Lord. And may we um, have time with our families. May we have time with our loved ones. And we thank you for hearing our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, folks, it does look like our time's up for today. Thank you so much for joining Pastor Gary and Eric Hoare on Drive Time Big Q&A. Please join us tomorrow when we ask, was Jesus a Sabbath keeper? Really look forward to seeing you. But until then, please remember Christ said, I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give isn't like the peace that the world gives. So don't be troubled or afraid. May our God richly bless you. Please enjoy uh, Fountain View Academy, Champion of Love. I want to introduce to you In this corner of the good and the right Stands a champion robed in white His hiding
wait 